your Locked On Avalanche, your daily podcast on the Colorado Avalanche. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. All right, everybody, welcome to the Locked On Avalanche Podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. I am your host, Chris Maselli, with me as always, Mr. Kyle Sullivan. On today's episode, we will be discussing the 6-3 to Avalanche win over the Flyers, of course, and getting to a sound check, which kind of uh, threw me off. It was kind of in the, in the middle of the game, got some really sad news about Taylor Hawkins passing away. So uh, we'll get to that, kind of dedicate that to him, which only, only seems fitting. Oh, yeah. So, all right. Uh, we'll get to the game, but first things first, follow the show, social media outlets, LLP and underscore avalanche on Twitter, locked on avalanche on Instagram, questions, comments, concerns, opinions to locked on avalanche at gmail.com and follow the show on our YouTube channel over on YouTube. Hit subscribe, get notified when a new show goes live. All right, Mr. Sullivan, uh, avalanche with a six to three win looked good for most, for, for most of it. I mean, it, flyers tried to make it a game, but they really you just felt like the abs had this thing in hand. Yeah, I think we, the Avalanche should just play the Flyers for the rest of the year. Uh, I think that our, the best games the Avalanche put out there are against the Flyers for some reason. I don't know if it's just their, yeah. how they're set up. Maybe it's just Yao, like Yao coach teams the Avalanche have good success of. But yeah, I know. Yeah. The, it, was a, it was a really, really good game. And production from... A lot of the players that we talk about wanting to see a little bit more of, you get to see that tonight, and you get to see a Gordie Howe hat trick, which you can never complain with. No, not at all. Um, I want you to restart your computer again because I'm getting a, uh, I'm getting static from your from your. Uh, I don't know if anybody else can hear that when when uh, Kyle's talking, but I'm getting a lot of static on his uh, on his end. So, uh, restart your end, and we'll get back him back in here in a second. But yeah. The Avs, uh, I mean, overall, they, they looked excellent. You know, I, I don't really think there's too much you can kind of uh, go on here and, and, and say that things were kind of bad. The interesting thing that one thing that I saw was who is Kale McCarr said that he felt like he had a, a bad uh, defensive game. And I maybe it's just because this thing was so in hand that. I, I don't know why he's thinking that. Oh, we got Kyle back in here. So I was just saying how Kale McCarr was saying after in the post game that he was saying that he felt like he had a bad game defensively. I don't know if that's a guy just trying to come up with something in, in, in kind of a, a game like this. Uh, yeah, I'm, well, the one goal was on him. I get that. I think it was the first Flyers goal. I don't know what. Uh, I got to go back and watch the uh, you know all the highlights to see what the second one was because Hop is telling us that there he got beat on two of them. Um, the one, yeah, he did, but everybody looked bad on that goal. I thought I didn't. I, it was just a, an ugly goal. Everybody was kind of out of position on that first goal. But I, I guys like him will take that personally. They'll they'll take it as like you know, I, I, sure I had a great game. Uh, you know, I, I I set the the record for for a franchise for defenseman and, and goal scored. Uh, but I'm going to focus on the things that I did wrong, and I appreciate that about him. You know, I mean that speaks to Kale McCarr's quality of a player. Like, yeah, he focuses on the things that you need to improve on going forward, which is that's a great quality. But 
I mean, give yourself a little credit, Kale. Like you, you just set a franchise record. Like we understand there was some defensive lapses, but give yourself a little credit. Yeah, um, a lot of records going on in this game. Kale McCarr sets the defensive, like I said, defensive record for goals scored in franchise history. You had Miko Rantanen scoring his 32nd goal, which is a career high for him. And then you had Curtis McDermott scoring. Period. <laughs> uh, and he did it on his birthday, no less. So, you know, two thumbs up for him. I don't know if it was because of his birthday. Dude had, what, 14, 15 minutes of ice time? Uh, where are we here? He had four, just over 14 minutes of ice time. That is like triple what he normally has. So uh, maybe it was because of his birthday, maybe because he was actually playing very well, and maybe because, you know, the game was kind of in hand. You're just going to have those good shifts where you just constantly cycle people in and out. There was no need to do what you did in your last game when the time on ice was so just out of whack. You could keep it in line and, and look what happens when you do stuff like that. Yeah, and honestly, with his production the way it's been, it's been gradually getting better. He's been applying himself, and you know he's been playing not just like the defensive side. He's been contributing to setting up plays, and I think the more minutes is a reward. He's starting to build some confidence, and now he's starting to score a little bit. Like it's been right there with these shots. Yeah, I've I mean, tweeted it before. I think this team's about to win the Stanley Cup with Curtis McDermott. Yeah, and the more it goes on, I think this might be he might have that Valeri Nachushkin kind of like rehab stint with the Avalanche, and might be something in the playoffs. He's getting more comfortable with the puck on his stick too. Where yeah. you know the first uh, more than half of the season, as soon as he got it, he would just give it up. Uh, he he didn't he didn't want any part of it. He he'd dump it behind him if he was behind. Like he wanted nothing. There were times where he had the puck and turned the opposite way and went all the way back around the net and had a zone exit. And I'm like, who is this guy? <laughs> but he's got comp. That's what happens when when with confidence. And you know, I, yeah, we always say like he's only getting like four or five minutes a night. I'm okay. The way if he keeps playing like that. Leave him out there for what he mm-hmm. got. Leave him out there for those fourteen minutes a night. He can do that. Right? I thought. I thought he had a, a, a really good night, and maybe it's just because of the birthday. You get you get a little pep in your step when it when it's uh, birthday time. You know, when he scored that goal, I brought up the Valerian Tushkin thing. The way the team celebrated with him, it had that same feel to it. Yeah. Oh yeah, definitely. Um, in the first period, I mean, really the whole game, the abs were just all over Philly. And in, and in the first, I didn't want it to be one of those periods where it was all avalanche and had nothing to show for it. And it turned out not to be, but it took a little while for the scoring to get going. Let me bring up the score sheet. Well, obviously it was your boy, Nazem Kadri, who finally got him on, on the, the scoreboard seven minutes in seven minutes, 20 seconds in. And after that happened, I was like, all right, like, I thank God for that one. If we can at least just get one, because they're playing so well in the first. And I didn't want, I didn't want to have that because the longer you go, the longer you give teams like Philadelphia 
you know, and even Arizona, like the longer you let them stay in, and I don't want to say Vancouver because Vancouver is in the thick of things, but the longer you let them stay involved, the more confidence they get when they're holding you to nothing through the first two periods like Vancouver did. All right. Now all Vancouver's got to do is have one good period. And that's exactly what they did. So you don't want you want to kind of put these you put your your skate on their throat to you know yeah. as as quickly as you can. And once they got that one with Makar, you know, they rattled off, or excuse me, with Kadri, they rattled off three more for four in the first, and you just had a good feeling. The abs haven't had a blowout game in in a while. I'm trying to could bring up their schedule here, but something like this. When's the last time we had something like this? It's been a little while. It's been at least since January, and you're talking about uh, letting teams kind of hang in there and give them confidence. Carter Hart is that goalie you don't want to give confidence to because he could get locked down in a heartbeat, and he's really, really good. And for the Avalanche to make him uncomfortable all game long, that was a a really good game plan going into that game on how to handle Carter Hart when goalies seem to give us a problem. Uh, Sometimes they can. Absolutely. Yep. So, all right, we're going to hear from Built Bar and then this, keep this conversation going. You're going to restart your uh, thing again because you just started getting choppy once again. So th- this is this is the the loveliness of having a, a live episode when when uh, you're having some technical difficulties. But we'll uh, hear from Built Bar. Kyle will restart and we'll keep this ship moving. So Built Bar, you know it, you love it. The best tasting protein bar on the market and have you tried the built bar puffs kyle's not here to talk about them but they are his favorite if you like marshmallow you're in for a treat it's the first ever protein infused marshmallow protein bar they're fluffy marshmallowy and they're not just a protein bar they are a treat and covered in 100 real chocolate the puffs are a fan favorite they have some incredible flavors like cinnamony yellow, uh, cinnamony churro coconut marshmallow and banana cream pie they are so good. They are bound to be your new favorite protein bar. And like I said, all they are all covered in 100% chocolate, even the puffs. They are low calorie, high protein. Replace your candy bar with these. They're better than typical. They're better than your typical candy bar, which can be anywhere from two to 300 calories. When most built bars contain 130 calories, four grams of sugar, and four grams of net carbs, with only with 17 grams of protein. So go to built.com right now. Use the promo code locked. 15 and get 15% off of your order. Once again, the promo code is locked15 for 15% off at built.com. All right, let's get Kyle back in here. And where should we pick up? So uh there's a couple people people in the comments talking about uh Nico Sturm. And uh yeah, you're you're gonna focus on his face-offs, which you should, because mm-hmm. what was he for the day? 73% on face-offs. I believe that's the second game in a row where he's been this one was 73. I think the last game was 75. Uh, look at JT Comfer on faceoffs with an 89% percentage. Uh, those are okay. good numbers. I will take those. Overall, the Avs 61% to 39% in the faceoff department. Thank you. That like I know again. I know this is the Flyers, and I know this was you know I don't want to say an easy win, but the numbers are going to be, you know, all over the place for the avalanche high. Like you're going to see a lot. If you go to my, my, the, or the show's Twitter page, I posted the heat map, which is on natural stat trick. 
it's ridiculous. Mm-hmm. There's it, the entire thing for the offensive zone for the Avalanche is green. And I, mean, I, I don't want to say the entire thing. Maybe eighty-seven percent, I'll say, is all green. And we talk about like faceoffs. They they don't mean that much. But you talked about how this felt like a dominant win. This is how you have those dominant type wins with faceoffs, and you're controlling the puck and controlling the tempo. And it shows on that heat map. If you're winning faceoffs, you can start to like assert that dominance in the game, and you're not having to play from behind and rely on takeaways so much. Dude, look what look what happened in the first Kale McCarr goal. Yeah, it, exactly. It was it was on a power play. So obviously the first faceoff is in your offensive zone. It goes right to. I mean, would that power play last four seconds? Mm-hmm. You, it didn't get thrown around the boards all the way down the ice. You got to play do the slingshot. Pa- like you didn't have to do any of that. That's what can happen when you win a faceoff zone. Uh, you know, fa- faceoff win in your zone, especially on the power play. So, you know, exhibit A right there. So, uh, and even Sturm, like he was, he, he was everywhere. And I, oh man, I wish that one goal went in, or it didn't go in. It wasn't a goal. Could have been a goal where it was kind of just out of his reach and he kind of dove for it and slapped his stick at it at the same time. And that would have been highlight reel material. He he played great. Like this, so far, this is aces on a pickup for for Sturm. Yeah, Sturm with the NHL 22 goal that everyone does when you play online. Like that's the the go to move. And if he would have hit that, he would have been. It would have made Joe Sackick look like an absolute genius with what you're seeing. <laughs> I know from Manson and Sturm. Like this is like you. You're getting that feeling. Like okay, these pieces are really starting to click. You just need Cogliano to start contributing just a little bit. Yeah. And whenever Lankinen finally shows up, like you could really start to feel good about this. What is going on with that? With with Arturi Lankinen and and his immigration papers you know I don't, I, I don't you know i'm not an immigration expert so i don't know why it's taking so long but i kind of feel like the way that the world is you can move uh you know pieces of paper along pretty quickly and you know that the fact that he was traded on monday and it is now friday and he still can't play is kind of a mystery to me and i think we wouldn't be so worried if we didn't watch one trade already get vetoed by the league like mm-hmm. With a hiccup and a no trade clause, and you're kind of like, well, what is really going on here? And you're like, as long I just want to see him in an avalanche sweater in ball arena, and then I could be all right. As he'll hit the ice whenever. Yeah, but that's that's the concern right now. Like, what is really going on, and the vagueness of the terminologies. I don't know. Like, I, this is just feels like stuff that should be you should be prepared for on on all ends. And I don't I never hear of this stuff taking this long. Yeah, I understand that it needs to happen. But why it's taking this long, I I don't know. Um, here's Matt. What's he got here? Uh, funny stat of the night. Taze was the minus two. McDermott with the plus three for Curtis. You know what? I believe you, Matt. I'm still going to go look that up because I want to <laughs> make sure that 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 is uh, totally legit. And uh, he's right. <laughs> wow, he's right. Eric Johnson. Oh no, Eric Johnson was a plus. Or I thought he was a minus two. Uh, you got Newhook with a minus one. Taze with the minus two. McCar, Camel Car was a minus one. Believe it or not. So I, even after the first, he was a minus one. And I, I mistakenly put up. 
I put up on Twitter. I was like, how is this possible that he's a minus one? And because the power play happened so quickly, mm -hmm. I forgot it was a power play. <laughs> yeah. And that doesn't come off in a plus and minus when it's on a power play. So uh, how do you score four goals? And Kale McCarr is one of your best defenders, and he's out there all the time. And he was a minus one in the first period. But I saw him. I saw. I know uh, Bednar right now, his mindset is getting the perfect line combinations. Mm -hmm. And I saw McCarr drifting a couple times on that second line pairing with the forwards. Really? Okay. That was early in the first. I don't know what he's trying to figure out with like that pairing and the second line forwards, but I saw him drifting well, late on some shift changes purposely. Yeah. Sometimes defenders, it, it'll get mixed up. You know what I mean? Like it's not always going to be your top unit and your top pairing out there the same amount of time because, you know, you only have three defensive pairings compared to your four forward parents. So sometimes they are going to get mixed up, but maybe he was purposely trying to do something. I, I don't, I don't know. I couldn't say, but he, he does as, at least for the forwards, he like mixes things up mm -hmm. a lot. Um, and may, you know, this could be a time in the season where he's trying things out. They have a comfortable lead in the West. You know I mean? I don't think they care too much about the president's trophy. I think they're they're because they're sitting pretty, on the Western Conference, maybe that's this is going to be time to utilize, you know, moving uh, players up and down, use, utilizing like Winner, what you're saying, like forward lines and defensive pairings, and and you have time to do that, especially with with new guys coming in, a whole new crop of guys, like you want them to kind of uh, get comfortable. So yeah, I, I I've listened to Bednar talk today about post trade deadline what he wants to do with the team and he's talking about he knows what he's getting with these trade acquisitions he's he kept he mentioned this about two or three times finding the right line pairing for the playoffs and yeah. he said i still got to play around with things to figure out exactly how i want to attack the playoffs so i think he's doing that with that philly game and will he do this again sunday against a more superior opponent we'll find mm -hmm. out hop's gonna go pick it Free Arturi Lincoln and signs all over. What do we want? When do we want it? <laughs> um, I don't blame you, man. I mean, we're going to talk in the next segment about who they're playing over the weekend. I, I really want him there for that. I want yes. him now anyway, just because you want to get him into the flow of things. And uh, especially who we're playing. It's going to be a fun one. Um, all right. Let's hear from Bet Online, and then we'll get to our sound check and uh, dude it's 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 over for me it's all it, it's so like and, and, I, and another thing i posted to twitter did i want purdue to win because that's who i have to win the entire thing or do i root for the number 15 seed keeping this thing going and you know i, I think know. this is i think this is what we do a hockey podcast i know i know but in the end the 15 seed carries on. How are you not loving this stuff? Yeah. Let's go uh, St. Peter's Peacocks. Yeah, it is uh, college basketball's biggest tournament. And the Cinderella story continues. You can head on over to betonline.net. your number one source for all of your betting needs and sports info from the latest odds at contests and player props. You name it, you got it over at betonline.net. And it remains the best spot for all of your latest sports developments, including podcasts, 
and reviews for all the leagues this season. And it's not just college basketball. Bet Online is your continued source for all of your sporting wagering information needs, including live betting and your favorite Vegas casino games. So head on over to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more about the trends and all the action. That's betonline.net. It's where the game starts. So about halfway through this game, uh, some really, really crummy news in the world of, of music was dropped. Uh, Foo Fighters drummer Taylor Hawkins passed away. Don't know any details right now on it. I know they're on tour. I think they're overseas right now. And the only thing that I, other than finding out that he had died, was a band member. was one that found him. So just horrible news across the board. Uh, and I have tickets to go see him this summer. Uh, and I, and I prayed to, paid a, a pretty penny for him because I haven't seen him in a while. And I'm like, you know what? Yeah. It's one of those bands where like, I don't care what the cost is. I haven't seen him in a long time. I'm going to see him. And, uh, that's, you know, that, that's just a personal thing. It doesn't matter, you know, yeah. in the long run, but, uh, just a fin- phenomenal, phenomenal drummer and a phenomenal band and, uh, kind of really sad news that broke pretty much halfway through the avalanche game so what we're going to do obviously is to pay tribute to mr taylor hawkins we are going to have our sound check focused on him and uh and foo fighters well you're you're going a different route but still including him obviously so go for it yeah i'm going with uh taylor hawkins side band his spinoff from the foo fighters uh taylor hawkins and the coattail riders it's a song of mine that i like it's one of those personal like jams but the title it's it's it goes with the game. It's not bad luck. Like this game was not a bad luck game. Like there's nothing you could say like the avalanche. Well, if this didn't happen, the avalanche wouldn't do. No, this was the avalanche doing avalanche things. So not bad luck from Taylor Hawkins, the coattail writers. And one of the lines of the song that stands out to me every time. And I pulled it up. So I get it verbatim is, uh, everyone's a stranger in the end. You can be a loner and a friend. It is like, it hits you, especially on a night like this at night with the the news that we got. Rest in peace, Taylor. Wow. Now he sings in that band, right? Yes, he does. Yeah, and then that's his talent, man. Like, yeah. Don't tell me drummers aren't musicians. You know, he yeah. he he can. He's got some chops on him. So, and I remember when they played Wembley. Mm-hmm. Uh, they played Wembley Arena, and then uh, Jimmy Page came out. Yep. For the encore. Yep. Yep. And yep. Dave yep. I remember that. Gets behind the kit. And Taylor sings rock and roll, Led Zeppelin's rock and roll. And it's like, dude, that, I mean, close your eyes. And it's just like a young, you know, a young Led Zeppelin playing right now. It's, it's incredible. You can find it's that good. on YouTube. If you want. It's amazing. Uh, for me, I'm, I'm definitely going the Foo Fighters route. And probably, I don't know if I can't pin down my favorite Foo Fighters song, mm. but it's definitely one of them, probably top three. And uh, this one's, it's called Long Road to Ruin. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's kind of like I, I kind of wanted to do like something where it's like, okay, you still have a long road to the, yeah. for the avalanche. You can still ruin this thing. You, you know could. I mean? So we still have a second round that we haven't played yet. So uh, for me, I thought that was fitting since it's one of my favorite uh, Foo Fighter songs. And, and where the avalanche are sitting right now, still a long way to go, my friends. Mm-hmm. So, um. Oh, we got we got one in the comments here. Who we got? We got Hop, old guy alert. After a frustrating last game, we broke out in this one. His sound check is Philadelphia Freedom by Elton John. John. Good 
Man, that's a good pull. I like me some Elton John. I always like some Elton. Absolutely. Um, all right. So uh, the other thing I wanted to get to before we get to the weekend is the the Nathan McKinnon had a like a slam dunk ahead of him, and you know the the rim got the best of him. And I know we kind of like critique him maybe overly too much sometimes, um, but with his like puck handling, when he's over stick handling. I think this one just got away from him and it's not it's it wasn't the Nathan McKinnon moving the puck around like a mile a second when he's kind of just standing there. It just got away from him and things like that are going to happen. But it's probably embarrassing for him. He's probably going to have nightmares because of that. Well, we we won't have to worry about it too much longer. We're going to send him down to Loveland. He's going to play with the Eagles for a little (laughs) bit. I think he'll be all right. He he just needs some time. He just yeah, he just needs some time just to hone the skills down and. Yeah, I think he's done. he's right there. He's right there. He's right on the cusp of good things happening. <laughs> but on the weekend, abs are off on Saturday, and then first game is against who? Minnesota Mild. Wow, that's going to be a fun game because obviously two teams that made a lot of deals. Mm-hmm. So, and then obviously you have Tyson Jost going there, so you're going to go and visit him. And then they also brought in Delorier. So Curtis McDermott's going to get into a fight. And obviously the Marc Andre Fleury thing. So, uh, you know, how on both sides, the last time these two teams met again and face each other, kind of have different looks now. And Minnesota, obviously, you know, they, they made some, some pretty good moves. So they're ready for you. They're not going to sit back and just say, hey, we're going to, um, you know, we'll give it our the college try against the avalanche is like, Oh no, like we're, I know we're, we're down in the standings, but this is a test for, you know, down the road when, uh, if we eventually play you guys in the playoffs. And this is another game that Minnesota is going to play up to Colorado because they want to prove that their picks and what they did at the trade deadline mattered. And it's mm-hmm. going to pay off in the long road. And I hear that Cam Talbot might get the start, which is not going to be great because if the Avalanche get out there and play like they do against Philly and chase Talbot out, you got Marc Andre Fleury coming in there. Mm-hmm. So there's really no escape. It is just the Avalanche trying to survive that game, seeing Delorier, seeing Jost, whoever that guy is, and like trying to, you know, we're still figuring out the lines. Might get Lincoln in. Who knows? And you know, I hear Bo and Byram might make the trip as well. Yeah, they're saying he's going to make the trip, but no guarantee he's going to play. So, so that's okay. there's a lot of variables there. And like Hop is saying, the next two games are are big ones. You got Minnesota, and then on Tuesday, Calgary in Calgary. So you you've played Calgary twice, but at home you haven't played yeah. them north of the border yet. So yeah, next two games are are. He he uses the term yardstick. I like that. So they're important. Can we pick up Delorier when we go to Calgary? Just just a, like a soccer <laughs> rental or something. <laughs> just yeah. tell him, hey, meet us at the Seven Eleven or the Timmy Hortons up there, and we'll pick you up on the way. Yeah, just pay a a, a rental fee or something, and then <laughs> and on the way back, drop him back off. Yeah. yeah. Um, it's gonna be yeah. Next two, I, I agree. Next two games are big. Plus that they're on the road. And I just feel like the Avs, the Avs have been home a lot recently. So you want to get back out on the road because that's, you know, you're going to be doing that 
for the rest of the season and in the playoffs. So you want to face these good teams on the road because you think it's a hostile environment now. It's like uh, it's like Mona Lisa Vito and uh, my cousin Vinny. Oh, you think you think I'm hostile now? Wait till you get me at home. Yeah, yeah. And, and that's another again to that point of that hot made. This is definitely a yardstick game. This is going to be a playoff atmosphere going to Calgary. So there some big statement games and really locking in what the avalanche are going to look like for the rest, the remainder of this regular season. Mm -hmm. Uh, What happened with Nazem Kadri at the end of the game? Does anybody know that yet? I know like we're obviously recording this right after the game. They sent him back into the penalty box with like, I don't know, a minute and a half minute and 40 seconds left after he had already served his five for fighting both players were done serving the five for fighting and then they sent him back in there and I don't know why yet. I'm waiting for an answer on that and I haven't, I'm trying to see if anybody's like tweeting about it. I'm sure they asked him or, or Jared Bednar why, and I'm sure there's an answer as to why, but that's what I put. Are we just doing that now? Like, no, nah, it's enough time has passed. Get back in the box for whatever. Yeah, it's the refs getting back at us for saying, quit throwing them out. So when they throw them out of the box, they're like, no, we're going to throw you in because that's what everybody wants. Yeah, I don't, I don't get it. <laughs> Something must have happened. Uh, we'll see. Um, Hop with the wants to give dap to uh, Eric Johnson. Excellent game by him. Yes. Very, very good game. Very good game. And then uh, Ben, he's got a sound check for us. He's going Foo Fighters Aurora. Fantastic mm. track, dude. Fantastic. Yeah, a lot of Foo Fighters love is coming uh, your way for across the country for the next uh, couple days. So it's a f- good day for the abs that they won. And then it's just, you know, if you're a music junkie, like we are, it's, a, it's such a downer, such a downer. So, yeah. um, but overall a good win for the abs, you know, 51 shots on goal. And didn't they have 50 the first time they played them? Or I 49? So. It was either 49 yeah. or 50. So good Lord. Like, you know, the flyers got a lot of work to do. And he, he just didn't even they when they, they, tied it up and then McCarr had the goal the like five seconds into the power play you know they got let's see so they were up four to one and they were up five to one so they got it to five to three because they scored two goals in a row but you just didn't feel like they don't have the the you know the power to really overtake this game and score that many goals on the avalanche so a lot of work to do on on Philly's end, and when you're giving up that many shots on net, you're just not going to win. I'm sorry. And that last game we did, we had 50 shots. We won that game seven to five. Two of those Philly goals, Claude Giroux. Claude Giroux could have been on the other side of this this time, but hey, we've moved on. We're, we're yeah, we've moved on. From we're not bitter. Uh, we'll see you in the play. We'll see you in the Stanley Cup Finals. That's the only way we can see you, but. We'll bring the brooms. Uh, yeah, I'm I'm over it. I, I'm over it for a multitude of reasons, but well, but it's still kind of bitter because like the guy that we got instead with Lincoln and still hasn't played. So it's yeah, come on. <laughs> so, Where's our trade? It's, I know. You, you have your trade at home. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I hope he. I mean, he's he's gonna travel with them. You you know, so you got. Byram, who's going to travel and could possibly play, and Lankinen, who most likely will travel with them and really should be ready to go. And still no word on Sammy G or Gabe Landeskog. Yeah, Gabe, you're not going to hear probably till the end of April. Uh, Sammy's probably got another two weeks. 
like mid April. So yeah, it's kind of quiet on that front, which is is fine. It's fine. After after Ryan Murray was month to month and then came back in two weeks, I don't uh, believe anything anymore. So I'm watching every practice. <laughs> and now he's got what like a broken wrist or broken hand or something. So he's going to be out for a little while. So, but even that, you know, you, you're you're out your captain. You're out one of your top defensemen, and then you're out Ryan Murray, who's you know a key part of the defense, and you feel fine. You you feel like okay, those moves that we made are kind of reasons. That we're feeling okay. I did think about that a couple times in that Philly game. Was boy, if Gabe Landeskog was here, I thought about that a couple times, especially on the power play in the Philly game. Yes, because I felt that in the Vancouver game. Really, <laughs> you wanted him there for that? Yeah. Well, definitely. how things were rolling, you're like, oh, if Gabe Landeskog was here, like there would not be, it would be a shutout. Well, that just goes to show you, like we we both wanted him in there for different games for different reasons because that's mm-hmm. how important he is to this team. So, but rest up, he'll be back. Time for the playoffs when it really matters. So, and that will wrap it up for us to for today, everybody. Uh, thank you for tuning in on this uh, special weekend edition. And uh, well, let's see, we got one more comment here. Let's get it in here. Uh, they need to stop playing top line so many minutes. How stupid it. Uh, you know, we, we talked about it in the beginning of the episode, man, like they, they kind of spread it around a little bit more. If you look at, you know, you're going to have Kale McCarr and, and Taves play a lot of minutes. Those guys are always going to play a lot. But look at the top three. You have Rantanen with 1730, McKinnon with 1750, and Nachuskin was on the top line. He had more than all of them with 20. Yeah. So he had more minutes than than McKinnon and Rantanen. And those that that's where those guys are going to be. That's on the low end for them. I would think, you know, there'd be more towards 20, and that's where I would like to see them. They can't be 24, 25. They can do that, obviously, but you would like to see it be a little bit more even. That Those minutes right there, I'm 100% fine with. Yeah. And I, w- I wouldn't be surprised if those minutes start evening out a little bit when they come back from Calgary with possibly Lycan and joining the team. It gets you a little bit more even. You have more to distribute. Because honestly, the two new guys like Sturm and Manson, they had the least amount of minutes on the team tonight. So you th- you would think we need to get them seasoned a little bit. So I say when we get back from Calgary, you'll see those lines adjust. Yeah, and I mean it helps when you're up when you're up four to one. Like you're gonna have the the minutes are gonna be evened out a little bit because you're not you're gonna short shifting guys and. You don't need to leave them out there for 45 seconds to a minute. So uh, I, I thought it was night and day between the Vancouver game and this game in terms of spreading the minutes out. So uh, this is a little bit more like it. And, mm-hmm. and when you when you give Nathan McKinnon and, and uh, Miko Ranton in 17 minutes, that's like a vacation for them. So yep. they're going to be well rested, <laughs> kind of in a way, against uh, Minnesota. And you wonder if the uh, well rested lines have something to do with the faceoff numbers as well. Good point. Yeah, you never know, especially towards the end when the legs are a little bit tired. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You saw contributions from the representative from every line having really good production and percentages. So maybe those work hand in hand. We'll find out the more this goes on. Yeah. Well, we will be back on Monday to talk all about it and uh, revisiting with our old buddy Tyson Jost. Watch him get a hat trick. Mm. Oh, my God. (laughs) All right, everybody, that's going to wrap it up for today. Thank you for tuning in, making it your first listen of the day. That's always appreciated. Uh, Enjoy the day off on Saturday, and then uh, we'll be back on Monday, like I said, to talk about uh, 
the Minnesota game and get you ready for the the day after on Tuesday for Calgary. Big two games coming up for the Avalanche. So we will be here to talk all about it. He is Mr. Shaggy Von Doom, Kyle Sullivan. I am Chris Maselli, and this is the Locked On Avalanche Podcast. Thanks for tuning in, everybody. We'll see. Go, Abs, go.